Welcome back to the What's Your Walmart podcast. I'm your host, Quentin Harris, here for episode 102. Thanks for joining us. So I want to talk a little bit about the job reports right now. And the reason I kind of want to go down this path is because there's been a tremendous amount of emphasis put on the job reports from the Federal Reserve. And if you've been listening to our podcast here, a couple of things you've noticed is that we've talked about the Federal Reserve's goal and what they're trying to do by fighting inflation is raising short-term interest rates and then also wanting to see a softening of the job market. That's kind of a byproduct of the tightening of the credit cycle is what they describe. What we're seeing here unfold is on Friday, October 6th, we got a job reports from the BLS, which is going to be the, the, the private sector. And then the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics comes out and says, hey, listen, job headlines were up. That means job numbers were good. Payroll numbers grew and they grew by a double market expectation. Now, why is that important? Well, because the headline led the market to kind of have a little bit of reaction based on that. But after the numbers came in and we got a chance to digest it, there's a couple of things that Daniel's been talking about on the lending update that kind of showed up and surfaced. And it's pretty interesting. I want to take a minute to talk about it because one of the things that Daniel had been suggesting in our lending update, and one of the things I've talked about in multiple podcasts is that it's really hard to believe the jobs report because you just don't know what's true, what's not true, because things aren't adding up. And this is another great, basically, application of showing how things aren't adding up. You know, in the they always do a revised number after they show this. So it's revised for the previous month. So the revision showed that all the numbers were up. They actually had more jobs revised up by almost 120,000, but it was due to an increase in government jobs and essentially saying... Hey, listen, we created more government jobs for people uh, by the tune of 119,000. And that's interesting because um, the, if you look at just the private sector alone, that was a downward trend of 12,000 jobs. And the reason this is important is that we're heading into an election year. And as we head into an election year, again, I like to preface this because, you know, for many of our listeners, especially the ones on YouTube, uh, I do appreciate the feedback you guys are putting on there. And we love it when you go to our channel, check it out at What's Your One More, subscribe. Uh, if you would, click the like button, but more importantly, subscribe and leave us a comment. The comment can be short, like, hey, you're doing a great job. And if you think we missed something, tell us because, you know, we do make mistakes and we'll come back, we'll correct it either in the chat or correct it on the show. But I do like the commentary we're getting. But one thing that I know that's a central theme that keeps growing over again is there's this appearance of that I'm talking about a side or I'm talking about a person. I'm not. I'm talking about the administration, past, present, and future. So I just want to make that abundantly clear. And in this particular case, we're heading into an election year. And it doesn't matter what side of the table you're on during this case or election year that we're going into. You don't want to be the side that's going in with a bad job market. You don't want to be the incumbent going to the table going, well, hey, I had a really crummy job market. Uh, look at all the jobs I didn't create and look at all the, the people that are unemployed and look at how bad inflation is. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or an independent. You don't want to go and be on that platform. And so what you have to do is you have to say, listen, I created all these jobs. We have a very strong economy and that things are going well under my administration. Um, and the reality is we've talked about why it's not a strong economy right now. We've shown uh, in a couple different episodes the amount of credit card debt where people are having to debt finance the inflation that they're facing right now and how consumers are also spending their savings, how the savings rate is far lower than it was at peak, um, and how we've depleted savings during a deficiency, and we're not saving because it's not a surplus. And essentially, this is the consumer battling inflation. Um, this is what they're seeing at many different facets, from food to energy to gas. I mean, the list goes on and on. Interest rates on car notes, interest rates on credit cards, interest rates on student loan debt, which has just now come to the market. Student loan debt has just now, at the beginning of this month, starting to impact households. So there's a lot of things. So the job market is one of the sectors that we look at and say, okay, 
Is it really strong? Is it growing? Well, again, going back to these numbers, I think it's really important that we take a look at a couple of things here. One of the things that stood out to me in this job report, and I'll start with this, is that for the first time, we have a new peak number in the amount of people that have more than one job. Over 123,000 people are carrying more than one job. To me, that is not enough. That's another sign of a not strong economy. That means if you have to have more than, I mean, let's face it, who wants to have two jobs? right? Most people don't like the first job they have, much less having to go get a second job. I mean, I'm just going to call it what it is. You don't come to work and go, God dang, I'm so happy I got two jobs. You may be thankful, but you're not happy. Most people aren't even happy because if they were happy, you look at people who go, hey, listen, there's a $1.7 billion lottery right now. If I win the following, you know what the following is? The first thing is they're going to quit their first job. They're damn sure going to quit that second job because no one likes to have two jobs. And we have a record of 123,000 people with multiple jobs. That is also concerning. We also have seen stats come out that indicate more millennials are moving back home with mom and dad to save money so that they can afford a house in this sector right now that's growing and interest rates that are compounding the lack of affordability. We're also seeing a growing rate where people of retirement age who thought they had retirement taken care of are moving back in with their children 40 plus or older because guess what? The retirement wasn't enough. They can't fight inflation. They didn't have enough to get through that. So we are seeing signs that are not indicating a strong economy. And you know the, the idea of creating multiple government jobs, which also, by the way, are usually more low-paying jobs. Government jobs are not mega jobs. They're usually low-paying jobs for the most part. So the jobs that were created that are showing, you know, hey, listen, we created 119,000 government jobs. Those are also some of the lower-paying jobs, which are probably some of the people that may have multiple jobs, right? That could be the case. The other thing is this. On the full-time sector, yeah, or, you know, let's take a look at this. We lost... 22,000 jobs in this report on the full-time sector. And over the last three months, we've lost close to 692,000 full-time jobs. That, that, that's concerning because why? That's the same type of number that showed up in 2001, 2008, and also at COVID. Those same kind of numbers are the similar numbers we're looking at during that time. And then from part-time jobs, we're up 151,000 in part-time jobs. So we have part-time jobs and multiple jobs per person up higher than we've ever seen. To me, that's not a great sign of an economy. And again, I'll go back to no one, the idea of carrying two jobs is not, that's not exciting, right? That's not something that most people want to do. It usually means you're working more than the the 40 hour work week. And I think that that's something that kind of jumps up and says, "Uh," you know, because what happened was the report came in and said, hey, and I'm looking at my notes here, the reports came in and said, listen, it was supposed to be 170,000 new jobs created. Instead, we got a report that showed 336,000 jobs created. You could effectively say that's double the expectations, right? Usually the, the estimates aren't off that much, right? So that's eye-opening. It's like, holy cow, that was, you know, the BLS report smacked us in the face right there. But the revisions, all government increases, those were up 120,000 roughly, right? But if you look at the non-seasonal adjustment, like the raw data for the non-seasonal adjustment of the jobs, and I'm gonna go through a little bit of what those are here, that was a negative 885,000 jobs created. So that means if you look at the seasonal adjustment, let me give you an example. So for example, the, the teachers that went back in September, that's not a full year of employment. That's September to December. There should be a seasonal adjustment for that, but there wasn't. So if you look at the seasonal adjustment, there's a huge differential between, you know, 
job gains of 70,000 that are teachers. They're saying, hey, listen, we gained 70,000 jobs. Those are teachers. Well, you, you didn't gain those. Those are seasonal adjustments. They were going to start in September anyways. So just because they started their employment doesn't mean you gained a job, but those numbers are being padded in there. Now, by the way, that's not just the administration. That's every single administration, but that's how that number is created, but it's not disclosed. So that was a bad seasonal adjustment number that was made there. The other one was this. We have a retail report, you know, retail shopping, retail anything. It was up 20,000 on the BLS report. So we had 20,000 retail jobs being up. However, the challenger report, now the challenger report is the job loss report. That says how many jobs we are losing. That same month, the challenger report said there was a sharp rise in retail layoffs. So how can you have a sharp rise in layoffs, but yet you increased 20,000 employment in that same sector? That doesn't really add up. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And the team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family and I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com. www.boemortgage.com. Because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. We all know leisure and hospitality right now uh, is is a sector that's been ebb and flow, right? Hit hard during COVID, came back post-COVID, maybe hitting hard again during economic times as people are canceling, you know, their reservations at hotels, they're not traveling as much, they're hunkering down. Well, this report said leisure and hospitality were up big. But then again, we look at hotel occupancies and we look at some of the reports that show, you know, the, uh, the, the, the numbers of people occupying homes and there's a ref par index that you can use to show the occupancy and then the actual price of that occupancy. Unless Taylor Swift's coming to town, the hotel occupancy has fallen. So how can you have a less occupancy, but yet all the reports indicating that those particular sectors are up. So those are some conflicting data that we have there. We're gonna have some screens from our friends from MBS Highway. We'll put on our YouTube channel if you wanna check it out at What's Your One More. Again, it'll be in the notes of that YouTube channel so that you can see that. Um, but again, I wanna go back to this multiple job holders thing because you know since COVID, the way we have quote unquote evaluated jobs, you know, and Daniel said this on the lending update last month, you know, if I'm an employer and I'm posting a job today, and I'm posting that job in multiple regions of the country, that might just be this one job right here, but I'm searching for people in other parts of the country to take that job because I'm gonna allow them to work from home. So there's a theology that those four postings that I've made are four new jobs created. However, it's just for this one job. So that that the way those are posted, the way those are accounted for now is vastly different as well. But we also have people that are working from home far more than they ever have pre-COVID, but those people are also carrying two jobs. And, you know, there's also an ideology that may, if I have a full-time job, 
and it's not enough to keep up with my bills, I may be an Uber driver at night, you know, or I may be doing DoorDash. You know, there might be all kinds of different things that I'm doing to offset the amount of money I'm having to spend in my monthly outflow here. But where I'm going with this is that the job report itself um, doesn't carry as much weight as it should, excuse me, as it used to. It's carrying way more than it should right now. And the numbers are not being manipulated, but they're being fluctuated right now because ways in which we actually account for these, more importantly, the ways that we actually, um, uh, I guess use it as a, as a benchmark are far different than they were pre-COVID on this. So the jobs report are important because for me, when you look at the Federal Reserve, if their major goal is to fight inflation and what has inflation been doing for the most part, well, the core has been coming down, right? So they're winning the inflation battle per se. If you just look at the core numbers, I'm not saying they long-term have solved the problem, but as it stands right now, they're winning it. You know, we've gone from peak of nine down to a 3.7. They're winning that battle, but yet they still want to see a softening of the job market. And these reports which they depend on because they're a data-dependent Federal Reserve, is not giving them the notion that the job market is softening. So, um, you know, I think that that is uh, unfortunate, and I think it'll be interesting to see where this goes from here. We'll have a Fed meeting on October 30th. That'll be nice to see. Uh, is Jerome Powell and company going to stand by what they said at the podium, or are they going to maybe overlook this report and do something that they shouldn't do? Time will tell, and we'll evaluate that on the 30, or 31st, right after they have that meeting. Till then, guys, follow us on our socials at What's Your One More with the number one. If you like this episode, please share it. Uh, if you would, go five-star review it at Apple. Leave us some comments on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Again, we love to hear what you guys are saying. We take some of that content. We make episodes out of it. But more importantly, we appreciate the engagement. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys on the next episode. I got one more shot. I'm going to make it. One more chance. I'm going to take it. I meant it when I said it. Now it's time for me to do it. I got one life to live. So I put all into it. Yeah.